This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. A good Saturday evening, everybody. Joe Krause and Jay Doc. In the studio at 4th and Market as we come to the Delaware Valley uh, at the end of the first weekend of the month of April and a lot of crazy stuff uh, happening all around us, Jay Doc. But we're going to dive into, uh, and we've got a great show lined up for our listening audience tonight. We're going to deal with the school district with Philadelphia, uh, in Philadelphia and answer the question about the mayor's new appointment. Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, it's a big deal in the city of Philadelphia. The new school board has been announced by the mayor, and I'm ecstatic to have on the program. Jerry Jordan, the president of the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers. Jerry, welcome to the show. Good evening. It's good to be with you this evening. It's always great to have you. And uh, obviously, the big story in the city of Philadelphia is the announcement, uh, you know, by the mayor of the of the new his selections of the new school board, along with the budget. And uh, one of the first question I want to ask you is: Is there an air of optimism throughout the teachers' union and the teachers themselves with the new school board coming? Yes, it is. Uh, it's been a, you know, as the old song goes, it's been a long time coming, but a change is going to come. Well, the change has finally arrived <laughs> after uh, 17 years of state takeover of the district where the uh, state dictated what happened in the school district of Philadelphia, and they appointed uh, members of a commission called the School Reform Commission, and we're finally going back to uh, having local control and uh, it is a really, really big change. You know, the School Reform Commission was put in place uh, under legislation that, you know, is called Act 46, and that legislation uh, took so many rights away from the teachers' union. It, was, it targeted the teachers' union. And so when you ask, are we happy? I mean, everyone in the uh, union is really, really pleased about that. Jerry, do you, th- uh, do you think everybody in the city of Philadelphia uh, shares uh, in that happiness? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, everybody's uh, that's so inclusive. And, I, you know, experience tells me that there's always going to be somebody who uh, isn't going to be happy about that well um one of the things uh the, you look at the the uh, the selection uh, process which was incredibly extensive we have pat Iding on the program uh you know he does his monthly show and pat yes. said he's never been part of any selection process that was more intense than than selecting the individuals just to present to the mayor uh you know to to, to uh so he could pick them what what was your thought on that well it's uh, a process that I think is was not very much unlike a process that had been used so many years ago. And uh, the Home Rule Charter gives the mayor the right to just decide who it is that he w- or wants to appoint. And uh, Mayor Kinney chose this process 
and which was very open to uh, uh, citizens of Philadelphia to be able to apply. There were over 500 applications, and certainly being on that committee and having to whittle them down, and there were certainly uh, a lot of really fine um, people who submitted resumes and may very well have been interviewed. And the reason I say that is that I don't know all of them, but I do know some who uh, did apply, and I uh, had the opportunity of being present at the mayor's press conference when he introduced the uh, board members that he appointed, and each of them spoke, and they all have very impressive resumes. They've done a lot in their lives, and they bring a lot of and a variety of skills to their new position. Jerry Jordan is joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Jerry's the president of the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers. Jerry, what now that the board is in place, what do you do now? What's next? How do you prioritize? I continue to do my job. I continue to do my job, which is what has always been the case when we had a board of education uh, and when we've had the SRC. You know, we have a job to do in, uh, number one, making sure that public education in the city is as good as it can possibly be, uh, and with representing and our members, and by representing our members, it starts with contract negotiations and the enforcement of the contract, uh, certainly uh, fighting for uh, fair and equitable funding from Harrisburg for Philadelphia schools, as well as uh, in the city of Philadelphia. Jerry, uh, for our listeners' purpose, uh, what are the primary advantages of having a local school board as in comparison to a state-appointed SRC? Uh, we know who is in charge, who is responsible. You know, with the state, uh, the governor appointed individuals, and I'm going back to when the uh, board was first, um, the SRC was first created, and you know that was a um, SRC created by at that time Governor Tom Ridge, who was then called by. President Bush to go to Washington to be the first uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. And Governor Schweiker then picked up the mantle and uh, appointed the uh, commissioners. And you know, there have been governors since that time. Governor Corbett appointed commissioners and uh, ultimately Governor Wolf. But um, Harrisburg dictated what happened to Philadelphia schools. They had the majority of the, the governor had the majority of the appointees, and uh, they were certainly able to uh, demand that certain things occurred. And uh, with the appointment of the school board by the mayor, Mayor Kenny is the person who the buck stops with. That's the big difference. In your opinion, what should be item number one on the agenda for the new school board? Uh, I think item one for them is that they need to take time to assess what happens in the system, how it works, before they begin to um, tinker around the edges or become even more focused on making any kind of changes. Quite often I find that when... People are new to positions, and they come in, and they have 
uh, these ideas about, you know, they know how to fix it. They know how to do it. Uh, that, you know, there are so many good things that are happening in the school district that they need to uh, see what's happening, learn about it, what's happening that's great, and what's happening that's not so great, and then make their recommendations about how they believe uh, policies that they enforce can improve the school system and make sure that the outcomes are much better for kids. Jerry, do you think that process, when they get to that point, do you think that process allows for open dialogue, allows for your input, allows for uh, constructive input to force the right decision? Well, I uh, certainly have not um, met the uh, new board members with the exception of uh, two who were were on the SRC, and uh, that's Joyce Wilkerson and uh, Chris McGinley. And uh, I believe that with the two of them and the relationship that uh, we've had and the respect that they've shown the union, that there is the opportunity to do that so that uh, hopefully the uh, new board members will follow their example. Uh, Jerry, obviously their job is big. and Huge. It's a massive job. And you have uh, an unbelievably qualified uh, group of people, uh, and it was an incredible uh, vetting process. But do you think that the, the individuals that you obviously applied to be on the board, do you think they know what they're getting themselves into? <laughs> <laughs> Good question, J. Doc. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think that with so many things, people don't know until they absolutely jump into the pool, and then they find out whether they can swim or not. Uh, this is a colossal job. It is so multifaceted. It's uh, the school district has a three point two billion with a B dollar budget, and uh, they are responsible for, of course. Everyone understands the responsibility of setting policy to educate Philadelphia's children. But, you know, they have, uh, it runs the gamut, the gamut of, um, in dealing with that budget and dealing with uh, school facilities, for instance. Build, school buildings in Philadelphia, the average age is about 75 years old, and we've got some that are over 100. Remember, I said the average age is 75. Sure, so right. we've got a number that are over uh, 75 years old. And dealing with um, problems such as lead in buildings and removing asbestos when it shows up in buildings, uh, dealing with, you know, replacing windows and doors, I mean, that's something that I am sure that none of them has ever had to do uh, in other positions that they've held. And they deal with transportation. We have a huge transportation division. You know, when thinking about schools and how they operate, everyone thinks about the teacher standing in front of a classroom right. with the kids and a principal. But there are so many other things. Food service, just feeding the children in Philadelphia every day that they attend school. What a huge operation that is. 
You know, the interesting thing is we had, you know, you, you mentioned there's 500 applicants for the positions. And I think one of the huge benefits is going to be the fact that they wanted the job. They're going to be here in Philadelphia and they'll be accountable. And hopefully, do you think there's going to, it's going to be a much easier dialogue, uh, for example, between yourself and the board because they're located here in Philadelphia and, th- and they went through such a vetting process just to get the positions? Uh, you know, Anybody who knows me knows that I'm not shy <laughs> and right. uh, can't be in my job. You know, and uh, certainly I don't have a problem in reaching out. And I find I have found that even with the uh, commissioners, that when I would reach out to them, uh, I would get a response. So, um, you know, I expect that uh, there'll be the same level of respect uh, with the new board members. On a Saturday night here in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, it's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We thank Jerry Jordan, president of the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers, uh, for kicking off the big show on a Saturday night. Jerry, thank you much, sir. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you, Jerry. All right. Good stuff from Jerry Jordan. Coming up uh, when we get through the commercial break, Kevin Geary will be along, the chief of external relations from the school district of Philadelphia. As we continue our dialogue and continue our conversation on something very important to the city. And we didn't even get a chance to talk to Jerry about security in the school systems. That's for another day. We roll into our first commercial break presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Back in a moment. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, powered by Pond La Hockey, fueled by our friends at the Senesta Hotel, where we'll do our next Labor Leader Roundtable at the end of April. And we're driven by uh, our good friend Jim Stevenson up at Chapman Ford, who has been serving the union community for now 30 years in between his rounds of golf. Uh, Jimmy is always there uh, and provides just incredible service, great deals, and a tremendous amount of real value uh, for the entire union community. And we're happy to have Chapman Ford on uh, as one of our partners. uh, J-Doc, I also want to mention tomorrow, uh, April 8th, across the Jacob Media Radio Network, it's the 31st annual All-Star Labor Classic. Uh, that get, Those games will be played tomorrow at the University of the Sciences. Uh, the media game gets underway in the morning. Over $3 million donated to Blossom Philadelphia, formerly UCP. Just a big, big event, and one of those events that the labor community has done in Philadelphia for now 31 years. Unbelievable event. Great, great, uh, not only basketball, but great things happening. So I look forward to it every year. As we continue our, our discussion on schools, everything schools in Philadelphia, I'm ecstatic to have on the program the Chief of External Relations for the School District of Philadelphia, Kevin Geary. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing good, um, and and uh, you know, there's a buzz in the city with the with, with the school district and and, and the, all uh, everything that's going on. Um, what I'd like to say is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about education in the news. Uh, you know, with the end of the SRC and the mayor appointing a new uh, board of education. What can you tell us uh, about some of the progress that our public schools are making that the general public may not know? Yeah, as you said, it is an exciting time in Philadelphia in terms of education. Um, Philadelphia's public schools and students have built considerable momentum in the last few years, 
and are showing significant academic improvements. We've have um, we've had a major focus on early literacy, which is our anchor goal too, which is ensuring that all children by the time they get to the fourth are ready to read on grade level by the time they get to the fourth grade. We have the highest graduation rate in over a decade, three straight years of improvement. We're seeing increased attendance. We're seeing better school climates. And we know that parents, students, and teachers um, who have been critical as part of this momentum are seeing this positive change we're, we're making. And 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 you know why so, Kev? Why you know what's the what's the ingredient? What's the secret sauce on this on this surge of change uh, in a positive direction? Well, I mean, I think first of all, it, it does start. I mean, obviously, the school district went through some difficult times, some financially difficult times. Is, is there was Harrisburg budget cuts, and the, and the city stepped up. Um, but this is the strongest point. Uh, both academically and financially, that the school district has been in uh, under the leadership of Dr. Height since he's become superintendent. That's a great story. Um, That's a great, great story. And, you know, we, we know that change doesn't come easy in urban education. There's no easy shortcuts. Uh, change and progress takes time. Um, but I think it's no coincidence that as Philadelphia draws national interest from companies like Amazon and Apple and is considered one of the most millennial-friendly cities in America, that our public schools are also improving. Because we know to, in order to attract good companies, new families, new economic act opportunity, we've got to invest in our schools so we can create the school workforce of tomorrow that will drive our city and our region's economy. And, you know, under Dr. Height's leadership, he's maintained a very specific focus um, under four key anchor goals of, first of all, which is ensuring that all of our ch- children are graduating on time, two, that our, 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 our young students are reading at grade level by the time they hit the fourth grade, three, that, that we've got high-quality teachers and principals um, as school leaders in our community, and four, that we have a budget that's, that's, that's balanced and, and fiscally responsible. Right, and so, and, 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 and addressing the budget, so recently, you know, the school district unveiled its budget. What new investments is Dr. Height and the school district working on for the next school year? Well, I think the key is here is it's not necessarily new investments, but we're expanding on the investments that are working. Um, last year, we unveiled in seven schools, 70 modernized classrooms in our K-2 schools, K-2 classrooms, among some of our lowest schools in terms of their literacy rates. And this year, we're expanding that to over 150 classrooms in 11 schools, because we know that new classrooms, new materials, new places for students to learn makes a difference and can improve literacy schools scores. We're expanding our literacy effort, which used to be from K to 3, into the 4th and 5th grade. Um, we're going to increase credit recovery and grade enhancements for high school students. We're going to increase financial support for some of our lowest performing schools. And what I think is really a, a, an important story is every year we unveil a student performance report, our school progress report, uh, the SPR. And this year, the, school, the group of schools that showed the biggest improvement across the city was in our turnaround network, which is among our lowest performing schools. So again, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to expand on the investments that we know are working, and we're not going to take our eye off the ball. Kevin Geary joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Kevin is the Chief of External Relations for the School District of Philadelphia. Kevin, in our opening block, we had Jerry Jordan uh, on uh, for some discussion to kick off the show tonight. And one of the things Jerry had pointed out was the incredible magnitude of what goes into running a school and the amount 
amount of detail uh, that sometimes we don't realize. And, and, and Jerry, kind of in a simplistic way, um, kind of resonated with me by saying, listen, when we think of school, we think of a teacher in the front of the classroom and we think of kids in the class. We right. don't think of all of the other details and all of the other elements from transportation, from feeding the students and all of that. And then you throw into the recipe some of the programs and the enhancements that is that are being made. Really, really, a, a, it is a colossal it's a big job. operation. It's, yeah. As he said, it's a three, and he eloquently said, and I think that he talked about the momentum and progress. And and you know, and 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 kudos to his membership because you know teachers are at the foundation of the progress that we're making because they are the most important people that are that are our students are facing. But it is a big operation. It is a over three billion dollar budget. Um, and you know, one of one of you know, since this is a labor show, I'll make a plug for one of our great labor partners in Thirty Two BJ, mm-hmm. and their model is we lift and they learn. Um, and I think that you have an enormous opportunity within the school district. And I, I'd like to make a plug, you know, um, we're always hiring at the school district of Philadelphia. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're over 10,000 workers. Um, we have workers, and right now we're doing a major hiring campaign, both for teachers, but for bus drivers, for operations. Uh, we're expanding our apprenticeship program. Um, there's tremendous opportunities within the school district, not only to find employment, but to really find and start a career. So if, if you guys wouldn't mind, we'd love for you to, to over the course of your your breaks, talk about you know having people go to teachinphilly.org um, or jobs.phila.sd.org to apply um, because we're always looking for people. We're a big operation, and as you know, a big operation always has um, a little bit of vacancies, and we're hiring new teachers for the next school year, and we're also hiring you know maintenance workers, uh, cafeteria workers, school climate staff. Um, so again, go to jobs.phila.sd.org or teachinphilly. Dot org to apply. I mean, you know, and we have, by the way, we have our, our friends at uh, SEIU Local 32 BJ, Ernie Bennett and Jim Whitehead on uh, just recently. So we appreciate the shout out there. Uh, they do a great job, the blue collar workers in the school district. A uh, couple quick questions before we, before we um, roll. Uh, what does the mayor, what, what does Mayor County's school funding proposal mean for the uh, school district? Yeah, it, it, is, it is really, you know, we are in an important part in, um, the school district, which is if we don't make the right decisions today, we risk losing what we've accomplished. Um, as I said, change in progress takes time, and Mayor Kenny's school funding program is the next critical step to controlling our future. It builds on our progress, it ends the cycle of budget gaps, and ensures long-term fiscal stability for the school district. Right now, we're making progress, and we're creating great conditions for great, great academic growth, and most importantly, more equitable educational opportunities for more students. Dr. Height always says, the students that have had the, le- the fewest opportunities needs to have the most. And if we don't solidify our funding now, we risk losing all that we've accomplished. We don't want to go back to the days of budget cuts, large-scale school closing, laying off teachers, counselors, nurses, and support staff. We've seen that. We know it doesn't work. We know having a stable budget makes a big difference. We're able to plan. We're able to, to make sure that our investments are both properly placed for the short term and also there for the long term. We, won't, we don't want to put an investment in a school and be forced to cut it a couple years later. So Mayor Kenny has taken extreme leadership. He, is, he has truly been an education mayor from his work with pre-K, community schools, you know, allowing the school district, um, you know, putting forth a plan that really will take care of our funding moving forward and, you know, ensure that we are 
the economic and job creators of tomorrow because we've got to train our workforce today. Kevin, where are you on the spectrum? Where are you on that spectrum line in terms of getting the job done? We've let you've you've laid everything out. There's a plan. There's a focus. There's progress, uh, and then there's continued growth. Where do you see yourself um, now versus where you want to be? Well, listen, you know, we still have a long ways to go. I don't, you know, for us, you know, right now, unfortunately, only 35% of our our, our um, third graders are reading on grade level. We want that to be 100%. Only 67% of our students graduate on time. We want that number to be 100%. And so, you know, being in, in the largest and poorest big city in America obviously presents challenges that are very unique to Philadelphia. And there is a tremendous amount of room to grow, but what we are doing is every day we're laying the foundation for growth. Um, you know, our focus on early literacy started a couple of years ago, so we may not see the full um, the full length of progress for a few more years, which is why that, you know, we're not taking our eye off the ball. And Dr. Height says over and over again, we want to maintain our focus on what we know is working. You know, focus on literacy works. Um, moving to ninth grade academies where we're putting more of a focus on ninth graders who are coming in for the first time to a high school experience, preparing them for that transition so they don't drop out, so they are on track to graduate. It's really those things. It's really about keeping our eye on the ball um, to, to continue to maintain that progress. And- now, now, Kevin, before you go real quick, as we get to the high school graduation time, there, there's a, a, an event, an exciting event coming up. Yeah, at Temple in May. Tell us real quick about that. Yeah, um, every year we do a National High School Signing Day. Um, and this year, former First Lady Michelle Obama will um, will be uh, headlining that at the Leah Chorus Center. Uh, and we'll have some, some announcements for that in, in the near future. So it's pretty exciting to have the former First Lady here. Uh, high school graduation has been one of her big pet projects since she's left the White House. And um, we're pretty excited. All right, all good stuff. That's Kevin Geary, Chief of External Relations from the School District of Philadelphia, uh, getting it done and joining us here on a Saturday night. Kevin, thank you, sir, very much for joining us. That's Kevin Geary here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a break. We'll continue our conversation uh, uh, with the school district of Philadelphia. John Barber will be along when we come back after the break. He's the Chief Development Officer uh, for the fund for the School District of Philadelphia. We'll deal with that. Plus, Mike Ferraro. On the back half of hour number one, back in a moment. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. Don't forget the 31st annual All-Star Labor Classic. That's tomorrow at the University of the Sciences. Glad to tell you about it here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD across the Jacob Media Radio Network. Uh, tomorrow we'll bring you all of the live action, plus we'll Facebook Live uh, the broadcast. Uh, two uh, good basketball games between the very best girls and the very best boys of both the suburbs and the city, and they compete to raise money for Blossom Philadelphia, formerly UCP. And J-Doc, this is by far, um, I think, uh, the longest-standing um 
event put on by uh, the Philadelphia Building Trades and uh, the Philadelphia AFL-CIO. Uh, 31 years, over $3 million uh, raised and donated. The event is absolutely, absolutely well, incredible. It'll all culminate tomorrow. No pun intended, but it's a labor of love. And, and everybody benefits. The, 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 the athletes have opportunities for scholarships, and they, and they help benefit special needs kids. And it's just an unbelievable event and just a lot of giving. So it's great to be a part of it. No, no doubt about that. Again, the 31st Annual All-Star Labor Classic. We'll see it all tomorrow on Sunday, April 8th, University of the Sciences. The media game gets underway somewhere around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and then the basketball games kick off. Uh, the girls' game starts around 1 p.m. So as we continue our conversation, everything schools, um, I, I uh, have the rare opportunity to bring on the uh, program one of my favorite people uh, on the planet. He's that scares he, me when you say uh, that. This, when you say f- your favorite, I get nervous. Listen, uh, th- this guy is unbelievable, and I'm, I couldn't be more proud uh, of the work that he's doing. Uh, John Barber, who's the chief development officer for the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Jay Docs, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, John, did he oversell that introduction a little bit or no, what? No. <laughs> well, actually, I'm blushing a little bit over here. But. Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> hey, look, we're on radio, brother, but theater of the mind. I can feel the blush, <laughs> That's man. That's right. John Barber's one of the great people, uh, you know, that I've known throughout my uh, professional career. His brother, Jerry, uh, just great people. And, and John, as the Chief Development Officer of the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia. Tell us what that is. Tell our listeners what the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia is. Well, the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia is an independent 501c3, a nonprofit that serves as the fiscal intermediary between the private sector and the School District of Philadelphia. So that's including partners from private industry, uh, organizations, faith-based organizations, and individuals. And we basically align the investments of our partners with what the district initiatives are. So uh, where that go between, I like to refer to us as like the match.com for giving. Well, wow. And one of the big ones, one of the huge highlights, uh, which J-Doc put in bold in, t- uh, in our pre-show notes, uh, and, and, the audi- and the audience will be familiar with it, your work with Lane Johnson and, and that entire run through the, uh, through the Eagles' success and all of the benefit that came out of that, I think, is a glaring example, uh, John, uh, of exactly what you just said. Yeah, I, I think we've been blessed um, this year. I've been with the fund for a year, and uh, you asked me as chief development officer what my job is, and it's really to bring funds and to raise funds for uh, school district initiatives and to get money for individual school needs. And I think the fund came about about three years ago, and my CEO, Donna Frisbee-Greenwood, came in. One of the first things she did was change not just the, the thought process, the organizational structure, but also the brand. So um, if you're traveling down Market Street corridor, I call it uh, Mini Times Square now with the billboards up, and you brought Lane up with the billboard up there with Lane Johnson on it that was donated to the fund, and also another billboard that talks about uh, a giving platform we have called Philly Fundamentals. And we're basically saying thank you to Lane, Chris Long, for their contribution, and we hit lightning in the bottle with Lane Johnson. It started out well before the Eagles – playoff run um, with his LJ65 gear clothing line. And um, he had a saying called, follow my block. 
And uh, Joe Doc, you can understand as a former running back <laughs> you know, how much we appreciate our linemen. So, By the way, uh, before you say anything, John and I have a running, we have uh, a kind uh, John, of a running feud here. John, I'm, bl- I'm blushing in the studio now because <laughs> Jay Doc has been telling me about his running back greatness for a long time. And I feel bad for you because it's weird. I had to hear these stories. He's Catholic League. I'm a proud product of public school. So Central played, High School, Roman Catholic and, over here. And this, we both played the All-City game. Right, so, this, this this feud's been going on for five years with love, yes. man. But yeah, I mean, John, it, it, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you're talking about the the initiative with with, with Lane Johnson. What yeah. were you able to accomplish with with, with well, the initiative? You know what? It, like I said, it started out with follow my block, and and then it evolved into the underdog T-shirts. And Lane came on his first. I'm going to give 65 percent of all T-shirt uh, the profit from all my T-shirt, my clothing line. Uh, 65% is going to the fund for the school district. You distribute it the way you need to. So it started out good, and then we got him to go. He visited one of the schools, Brazy Elementary, right there in South Philly, and we had Lane. I'll never forget his face. He sat in the middle of the auditorium, and we did a photo op with all the kids around him. And, wow. Uh, Councilman Allen Dom was there, uh, Superintendent Dr. Height, my CEO, and uh, they're all sitting in these pictures, and I look, and he comes up to me later and says, all right, a hundred percent. Cause the kids were just all over him and he was just smiling and laughing. And, you know, he's just a generally good guy really wants to do. And he, he, he really gets it. He sees that the schools need a ton of resources. You know, we don't, we don't raise funding for positions. We don't raise for salaries. This is, these are resources, technology, books, um, um, programs, after school programs, some uh, light cosmetic work. We don't do the capital approval. The school district handles that. So, um, but then, like I said, um, from the underdog campaign, uh, we haven't got all the, t- the totals up yet, but we're still getting the numbers, the inventory, and we're going to be making a, having a press release. And I'll be sure to let you guys know when we give the total dollar amount. But uh, I know I can tell you that Lane has estimated over a hundred thousand from his giving. And that's not including what the NFL is giving um, after Lane, um, and they came out with a T-shirt similar to Lane Johnson's T-shirt, and he and Chris Long uh, called them, and they made a generous decision to give to the school district also. Yeah, I think, I think Lane said, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if, if you're doing the shirt, you're supporting the, you're supporting the school district, which I exactly. thought, which I thought and, was and, fantastic. And you know, the interesting thing is you hear the optimism on this program. It just feels yeah. so good because uh, when we first started this program four years ago, I mean, it seemed like every week we were talking about stressful situations. And John, when you and I talked about this interview, um, we talked about, um, you know, how important it is, uh, the initiatives that you're putting together. You're supporting a lot of programs uh, that not only help educate kids, but also uh, the after school programs. We're we're talking about um, self-esteem, you know, communication skills. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And a few years ago, we were talking, we had conversations, Joe Krause and I, about, uh, you know, know okay you don't you want to take those programs away and you want to build more prisons okay right. you're going to need right. them because you're taking self-esteem away from kids it feels yeah. so amazing for you know to, to hear these types of things how do you determine which programs are you communicating with this with the school district um you know in determining what programs to support well first there's usually the larger initiatives is between dr height his cabinet and my CEO, they kind of meet and they decide, like, um, early childhood literacy was one of our big campaigns and still is one of our campaigns, um, making sure kids are reading proficiently 
by third grade, you know. Um, so they come up with that decision, then we go hard. Then we go like that was the right folks program. Um, we talked about health, health awareness, heart safety, then comes Think AED, Keeping the Beat, which is an initiative we're currently doing, looking to raise $175,000 for maintenance fund for our to make sure the automated external defibrillators in all the schools are operational. Last year we raised money, put up brand new ones in all the elementary schools. Now we're just making sure our middle schools and our high schools have fully operational ones. And since we started the campaign, uh, we got 50 new AED units for the high schools that are going to be uh, purchased. And a group of people are just continuously giving. We call it our heart club. Heart club membership. You pay, you make a donation, you get a little heart-shaped pen in the mail. And then uh, it's a series of events. And, Joe, this is where our other background comes in. Sure. A series of events with friends that were that are promoters, uh, musicians, uh, athletes, they're all getting involved. They're all joining our team and following Lane's Block. So promoters that are doing events, they'll say, I'll put my heart-shaped logo on the end. Your people can come in free or they get a discounted rate to come in. And, and John, like and, they get more for their dollar. And, and John is one of the great event promoters uh, that I've known. And I've known, uh, you know, I've been in that business for a long time. And uh, Thanks, John. John, do you have any? Yeah, so, so number one, let me just say this. Anything that you have going, any, any, any events that you have going, anything you want to promote, we're here for for you guys because this is such an incredible cause that and means I, a lot. I, thank you i mean you know that now do you have anything coming up that uh, any events or anything that you're doing that you want to shout out yeah shout them out right now uh first shout out to coda nightclub the other night they did our launch party uh for keeping the beat which is continuing that thing ad campaign i was just talking about so uh they opened their doors for us and it was a successful event and rouge restaurant provided food uh rob wasman a great partner and uh, Tito's in the Riglio. But um, Dre Gordon, the comedian, is going to be doing something down at Punchline. It's coming up May 9th, I believe the date is. And um, it's actually going to be kind of funny. It's all the comedians are teachers, and it's a tour. Wow. And they're going around from city, from city to city, and it's going to be a, a um, comedy show where they're donating a portion of that money. And then we're going to continue with Keeping It Be. We're looking to do a jazz fusion event that'll be coming up i'm working closely with the biden brothers you know the owners of south restaurant warm daddies they always open their doors and they're great partners so we'll decide what date the jazz fusion event is then it's going to be one with the vocalists and joe that's that's going to be close to your heart it'd be more of a live pot fully live pot oh event. yeah by the we'll way, John off. is John's the promoter and, and the uh, originator and founder of Philly Live Pod, one of the great, great live musician events, um, you know, in the history of the city. And I was glad to be a part of that at my facility. Yes, you were. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I defied anybody on the planet to find more great musicians in one room than John has had. So, um, John, <laughs> first off, uh, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, uh, along with your CEO um, uh, and your whole crew. Uh, because what you're doing is 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 something that is making a difference every day. Uh, but, but thanks, Joe, and, and and we and I would like to ask everyone to just take time out, go to the fund, f u n d s d p dot org, check out Philly Fundamentals, click on there where you can search a school by the geographic, by geographics, their the the zip code. You can look at their economic standards. You can look at testing scores, but most importantly, you get a message from the principal, and it talks about the school helps you get to know the school there and then the three top needs. And we just ask people if they give. Joe, if I had 25,000 alumni that gave $10 a month, that's $10, one lunch a month, we can raise $3 million a year. Unbelievable. And, and that's my goal. So when you ask about upcoming events, the platform is 
the main baby that we're really trying to let everybody know how easy it is to give and know your dollar is going directly to the school. It's not getting lost in a black hole anywhere. It's going to a school's need. And then the last thing is an alumni. We're trying to alumni initiative. We're calling a Project Homecoming Class of Philadelphia, where we want to launch and have a, a, a weekend homecoming for all public anyone who went to any kind of public school, whether it was elementary, middle school, high school, come back home. And we want to build this with the city and make this something that everyone wants to come back to Philadelphia after all their college homecomings are done. Then you come home for your big homecoming. Wow, great, great stuff, John Barber, Chief Development Officer for the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia, and also with some clarity on the show tonight, ranked above J. Doc uh, as uh, one of the all-time running running backs uh, in the history of Philadelphia football. John Barber, uh, well <laughs> done, my so friend. Much. Appreciate Thank it. You. Good stuff. Thank you, John. I love you, buddy. Uh, I love, love you guys. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good, good, night, it, pal. good stuff. We'll get to a commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Special thanks to John Barber. When we come back, we're not done yet. We close out the big show with Mike Ferraro. Back in a moment. I've been coming out of stuff with them guys, okay? And mm-hmm. I was a treasurer to the Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't just, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. And back here live on Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Glad to bring you uh, our show tonight, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, powered by Pond La Hockey, fueled by our good friends over at the Sinesta Hotel, and driven by Chapman Ford. Uh, coming up in two weeks, Jay Doc, uh, we'll have the President's Hour, the President's Report, uh, with the President of the AFL-CIO. Pat Eiding will be along. We'll get some uh, more insight on our very topic tonight uh, on education, but we transition now uh, into what this show is becoming and what it's all about. The big guy, Mike Ferraro, joining us on the hotline, and here with us on a Saturday night. Not in studio, but joining us on the hotline. Hello, Michael. How are you, sir? Uh, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good afternoon. Good evening. It's been a uh, great, great day so far. All three. We'll take it. Mike, uh, <laughs> you know, so we've been talking about education, and we transition into jobs. Um, they're, they're connected. Uh, you know, they go together one in, hand in hand. And, um, you know, Bridging the Gap is an amazing um, organization, uh, you know, and it, on Mike's business card, it says Chief Door Opener. Okay, and um, nothing could be, you know, more appropriate. And so, uh, you know, what Mike's organization does is they provide job opportunities and all kinds of events for veterans um, who have finished their military life and are are coming back into civilian life. Uh, And so, Mike, uh, you do all kinds of uh, really cool things for some really deserving individuals. Discuss some of the recent job offer successes with Bridging the Gap. Uh, I'd love to. You know, this past week we had four people within the last four days get jobs, secure jobs. We helped them get the, a chief door opener, you know, in front of these companies and, and prepare them the right way so they can be successful. And so we changed their life. Uh, they were job, you know, putting resumes on job boards and so forth. And using our program, they were able to get in front of a company and actually get a job. And uh, they got a job offer uh, immediately. And one was a property manager, two union jobs, and an, and an account manager as well. And all great-paying jobs. These are not $10-an-hour jobs. These are, you know, decent where you can live in the Northeast and, and benefits and, you know, have your good family to take care of. So uh, we're making a difference. Our program, our, our Top Gun program that we offer, uh, we do every month. We do it at the Joint Base at McGuire-Dix-Lakers. 
And we're doing another one on the 13th of April, coming up next Friday. And uh, we'll be able to have about 15 companies in there. And we speed interview. That's our secret sauce. That's what we do. And uh, that five to seven minutes of time allows that veteran to get a chance to really sell themselves a little bit. We train them how to do that. And then they walk out of our program after about four or five hours with about four or five different second interviews. And it's working. Michael, give me the real feel behind those four examples uh, of uh, success stories um, where the applicants now have received the job offer, have taken the job, and as you said, um, put their life in a different put their life in a different direction. The feeling for that um, must be hard to describe, I would imagine. Oh, it's emotional. Uh, I, I mean, when you, when someone calls you up and says they got the job offer and they're so happy, and you're saving their their confidence, they're, they're building it up, and, and giving them a great foundation, you know, to uh, get to the next level in their career. Uh, going from civilian, I mean, going from military to civilian is not easy. And we're helping them because we know that culture very, very well. It's very emotional, especially when you have a family and you, you want to be the breadwinner, you know, whether you're male or female, and you're able to do it. And, and that's very emotional when uh, we hear back that they got the job. You know, Mike, you, you mentioned something at the beginning. Um, you know, a lot today, you know, in society, everything's online. It's always this and um, that. And there's some good resources. But, man, when you put somebody in front of somebody, there is no replacement for that personal connection. Exactly. I mean, yeah, look them in the eye kind of thing. You know, the old-fashioned way we used to go knock on doors and, and go visit corporations and fill out applications. That's the old-fashioned way of getting a job, and, and that's what we found to be the best way for a military vet to get back into the civilian world, is to actually go do that. And, and this speed interviewing process that we have, that's what really works to make that happen. And uh, although we're not knocking on doors, they co- the employers are coming to us, and it's coming out every single month. And these are fantastic employers. We're talking companies like Prudential, Accenture, Bristol-Myers, New Jersey, National Gas. I mean, we get some major, major companies, Major League Baseball, Blue Cross Blue Shield. These are major companies, and uh, you know they're they're just fantastic to open their doors and and they're not giving a handout; they're giving a hand up because they see the value of a veteran coming in. They see the translatable skills, and they and they're very patriotic. Mike Ferraro joining us here on uh, Saturday Night Live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, chief door opener and founder, bridging the gap. Uh, we've had Mike in studio. We're going to have him in studio a lot more uh, with some big news coming and a lot more to talk about down the road uh, with Michael. But, Michael, I think it is a fantastic way um, to kind of end our Saturday night is to enjoy and revel in the success that you've been able to provide uh, for these applicants, which um, as military strong as you are, as tough as you are, uh, trained and conditioned to manage and handle the toughest situation, um, going for back into civilian life for a career change or to continue your career in the real world, in the civilian world, might be their toughest task. Agree or no? Oh, I 100% agree. Because here's the thing. When you join the military and you're 18 years old, and then you get out after maybe four or six years, as an example, you've never you've never been trained on how to find a job. You went from high school right into the military, and then you were in the military successfully, you know, did your job in whatever military specialty you had, and then you get out, you're like starting all over again. And so your confidence is low. You need all the support possible that you can get. 
and our program allows for that. And since we started this program two years ago, we, uh, we when we started this uh, Bridging the Gap Speed Interviewing Piece, Top Gun uh, Career Transition Program, 1,100 people, over 1,100 people, have gone through our program. 450 or so have gotten job offers. Wow. So our metrics are fantastic because it works. When someone looks you in the eye, you've got a chance to talk to them, and they see, hey, you know, I want to, I want to meet this person again and, and, and lead to a better a second, a third interview, and a job offer. And so we're excited about this 2018 and what we're going to be doing with the radio show. I absolutely. Think absolutely fantastic. Mike, um, and we are too. You know, we're, it's going to be a big announcement, and, and we're all excited about that. Before we go, uh, your Ignite strategy and the impact it's having with the military community. You want to address that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's called a, a Top Gun Career Transition Program, Ignite Your Future. So Ignite is an acronym that we use in our program, but what it, what it really comes down to is a few modules. One is identify your natural skills and abilities. Get focused and get a mentor. Network using social media, mostly in LinkedIn. Identify career field tactics to use when you're networking or going to a career fair. And then trans transpose and fireproof your resume and then engage and explore. We go through all those modules and we teach them in about 20 minutes each. And then 10 minutes, uh, we add in a, an employer showcase. And we have so much success with that. And people resonate well with it. And that's what's giving us the opportunity to get these people jobs. Bridging the gap. Mike Ferrar joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Michael, a good Saturday evening to you, my friend. Well done. Great work on your part. Talk to you soon, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right. All good stuff from Mike Ferraro and J-Doc. A good way to uh, wrap up the segment here on a Saturday night as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We've got a big April uh, planned uh, for uh, our listening audience. Don't forget Pat Eiding in two weeks with our President's Hour. And, of course, this month again at the Sinesta Hotel, we'll have our Labor Leader Roundtable, uh, which should be a good one uh, this coming up. And that's in three weeks now, coming up at the end Absolutely. of the month. Absolutely. Great stuff. And, and uh, we'll announce who's going to be on the Roundtable next week. Week. Love Pat Eiding. I want to thank everybody who was on tonight's show. It's all about schools, and, and it's unbelievable to feel the air of optimism in the city of Philadelphia. All right, all good stuff. Well done. And Jay Doc with a special guest in studio tonight. My, she, my lovely wife, Elaine, has joined us here. Uh, I want to thank a, you. First chance for Elaine to see you in action. Elaine, right? Yes. Well, listen, you know, now I'm outnumbered with the two here. I can't make a move either way, but I'm so happy to have my wife, and uh, I love her. Oh, good stuff. Elaine, nice to have you. Uh, in studio as well as we say goodbye to our listening audience here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, stay tuned. Christine Flowers will be in for Dan Loney tonight. She'll take you into the night on a Saturday night, 8 to 11 with Christine. Should be good radio. Keep it here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD uh, for Glenn Behind the Glass, for my partner, uh, Jay Doc, uh, for Elaine. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.